Hey, welcome to Evangel. Today, our lead pastor, Josh Shaldahl, has a teaching for you. So open up your Bible and listen in. Great, well, I'm going to spend the next 20 minutes correcting the theology of that video. Uh, <laughs> no, that's awesome, and it's all about the heart, and even a kid gets it. And uh, hey, just want to welcome every one of you. My name is Josh, and one of the pastors here at Evangel, my wife Janae, is here with us today. And uh, we're just, we want to welcome all of you. Man, Merry Christmas uh, from our house to yours, from our family, this church, and uh, personally, our family to yours. We want to say Merry Christmas. and. Uh, maybe you're like us and you've been uh, quickly rearranging Christmas plans because of the pending blizzard that's coming tomorrow, but uh, I don't know, maybe it's not so bad to get snowed in with family for a day, right? Some of you are like, <laughs> it's bad, it's bad. But uh, we look forward to just an awesome, awesome time of celebration and even being here and uh, getting to celebrate together. We've been talking for the last couple weeks about uh, what it means that Christ came and how it brings a thrill of hope to our hearts and to our lives. Uh, but at times, Christmas can bring a thrill of stress and uh, the anxiety, the cold sweats that maybe uh, Christmas can bring. Some of you maybe are here today and uh, you are thinking about uh, where is still open that you can go buy a Christmas present, right? Because you maybe have been a little bit behind on, on wrapping up the the rest of your gifts, or maybe you're the husband here that's like me, that you and your wife, you know, you said, this year we're not, we're just getting a new fridge, we're not buying each other gifts. And then after that you were like, was she serious? Or should I still buy, you know, should I still buy a gift? You know, so you keep that one in the closet just in case, like surprise. Uh, but maybe, maybe Christmas has become stressful for you because of uh, family or because of uh, the plans getting changed, whatever it is. If you're an idealist, you know, Christmas has already exploded for you because of the blizzard, but it's going to be okay. And uh, the message remains the same, and there's a reason for you and I to have a thrill of hope. Uh, in this season, and I want to bring you into maybe a time of reflection uh, this afternoon as we sit here on Christmas Eve, a meaningful time of the year for you and I as we sit here on Christmas Eve to maybe think about and reflect upon what Christmas might mean to you and I. I don't know if you're at all like me, but I have this tendency to get deep in thought and then to lose track of uh, what I'm doing. And Janae will often say uh, that I have a one-track mind. I can only focus on one thing at a time. I can only talk about one thing at a time. So while she has a web, you know, that she can maintain of thought and of words, I am a one-lane thinker and talker. Anybody else? Yeah, maybe you're like me. And this gets me into trouble once in a while. I've told you already that often we'll park the car, and uh, Janae and I will walk out of a store, and we'll go two opposite directions. And she'll say, where are you going? And I'll say, to the car. She says, it's over here. I know, I was going the long way, you know? And uh, we, were, we were driving in Texas last month and my uncle and I were in the front seat and he was directing and uh, I knew what exit I was supposed to take but I got deep in thought and conversation and all of a sudden he looked around and said, oh, uh, I think we missed the exit. And sure enough, five miles ago, uh, I missed the sign. And I don't know if you're like me, but I have a tendency to do things like that. I, I don't read instructions very well. I just kind of go with the flow. I put together our crib in the living room. I was feeling really manly, manly and masculine, providing for my family, putting the crib together. And 
I was proud of myself when that beautiful white crib was set up in our living room, and then I pushed it down the hallway, and it wouldn't go through the nursery door. And so Avery's been sleeping in the living room his whole life. <laughs> but if I would just follow directions, and if I would just measure, and if I would just follow the sign, you know, that they, uh, they include in the box for purposes like these, then I would do okay. And I bring all that to your attention to say maybe you uh, have, it, have realized in your life, especially if in your, you're in a place that's unfamiliar, maybe you're visiting this church for the first time today, and the signs were important, Right? Signs, we take them for granted, but signs are important. They tell you where you are. They tell you how to get where you want to go. There's moments where uh, certain signs can be uh, a life and death situation, like don't drive down this road or here's the bathroom, you know, whatever it is. And uh, signs are important for you and I, but uh, what's more important than the sign is what that sign reflects or what that sign points to. And uh, we frequent Interstate 94 and uh, we can drive by a lot of signs that say a lot of different towns and be so focused on where we're going that we don't even notice the towns anymore, the things that are going on around us. And this is important for you and I because Luke, in writing about the birth of Jesus and Isaiah the prophet in foretelling about the birth of Jesus said it this way, he said, this will be a sign to you. This will be a sign, there's a reflection of something that happened for you. This will be a sign to you, you will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. It's a sign that points to something. Isaiah uh, spoke of this as well. He said, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call him Emmanuel. And it's important for you and I to slow down, even in moments like this, and to see the sign, to pay attention to the signs that are going on around us. And maybe you're here today, and uh, you you suggest, I don't know what you're talking about. You know what? You might realize even in the middle of this service or in the middle of this message that God has been sending you a sign. That he has been aligning things in your life to speak something to you. Or he's been aligning moments in your life to bring you to himself. And if you'll stop and if you'll have a time of reflection here this afternoon, you might realize that the signs matter. And what those signs are pointing to or what they are reflecting matters all the more. See, the problem is you and I can get going so quickly in one direction, getting through Christmas, making family plans, rearranging those plans, uh, figuring out how we're going to handle the chemistry of those plans, and we get so caught up in all the things about Christmas, buying the gifts, that we fail to see the signs. So I want to bring something to your attention. We tell the story of Jesus being born, and everybody knows, right, that there's a a manger, and Jesus was born in a manger, and uh, we know that shepherds were there, we know that wise men came later, we know that Mary and Joseph were there, and we center the whole story around people that saw the signs. But what we don't often think about is that there are thousands upon thousands of people on the earth at that time that life just continued as normal. Had no idea that in one divine moment, the God of all mankind was born of a virgin. It's not like the earth shook. It's not like there was, uh, that the whole earth saw the angels. There, there were many people that in the midst of all the signs that were happening, they, they, they didn't know what was happening. Can you imagine getting down the road and seeing Jesus as a man and realizing that he was born maybe in the town right next to you 30 years ago and you had no idea that God incarnate was born and you were, maybe it was, you were the neighbor, <laughs> And you had no idea that God himself was born 
on this night. See, there was a star in the sky that was a reflection of where Christ would be born. There was a baby in cloths lying in a manger that was a sign of the Messiah, not of, of Yahweh God the Father, but of Jehovah God the Son, the, the, the Father coming down for his people, wrapping himself not only in skin like us, but wrapping himself in in, in flesh and in having to deal with what you and I had to deal with, God came down and, and was a sign. It says the virgin giving birth would be a, it was a sign of God being with us. It was Emmanuel, God with us. And these were signs to the people. But the reality is that some saw the signs and saw what they were reflecting, but there's many others in the population that had no idea that anything had changed. And you might be here today just having another Christmas and some people are seeing the Messiah and you're missing the signs. It's not just about songs. It's not about a message. It's not about going to church for Christmas. It's about the sign that Christ has come and that your life can be transformed. My life is a sign because my life has been transformed. I've been, I've been given a second birth, a spiritual birth into being part of Christ's family. I am your sign. And there are others in this room that are, are your sign because Christ has worked within them. See, the prophet and the angel and all of the Old Testament were all signs pointing to Jesus. They were, I mean, literally, that's what it is. They, they were speaking of Jesus. They were foretelling about Jesus. They were signs that were reflecting. That's why people didn't always recognize it when it came. God had to reveal it to them because the sign was reflecting it, and they had to actually see for themselves, and it's not enough for you and I to just see the reflection and to glean off of somebody else's experience with God, but it is imperative for you and I to experience Him ourselves and to experience Him in our own lives. Billy Graham says it this way, he says, the greatest sermon ever preached was delivered by angels on this historic night. It wasn't night necessarily just because the sun had gone down. It was night because the world was surrounded in spiritual and moral gloom. Maybe that's what your life feels like right now. People were driven by greed, by intolerance, and by a lust for power. Religion had become a device for the rich and the exploitation of the poor. Men robbed and swindled and profiteered under the cloak of religion. They even fought wars in the name of religion. In every arena of life, it was night when Jesus came. Well, Josh, what does that matter? What does that apply to my life? Can I just remind you that it's often in the night that Jesus shows up? It's in the, the night and in darkness that light can shine brightest. And in the moment of your most desperate hour or your most desperate need or your most maybe, maybe darkest night or the darkest area of your life, it's in those places, in those darkest hours and darkest spaces that the joy, the thrill of hope, and the peace that Christ brings are allowed to shine brightest in our lives. After all, He is the light of the world. And he is the light within the world. He's the light within you and I. He is actually, Jesus was a sign pointing to the Father. If the angels and the prophets in the Old Testament pointed to Jesus, then Jesus came. And even as a young boy, he said, I have to be about my Father's business. Later on in life, he said, uh, I, I, I've come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. If you're wondering about God, if you're wondering about your relationship to God, Jesus is your sign. To the way that he walked through life, the way that he walked through temptation, the way he stepped out of glory into a broken world, the way that he came for you, the way that he reached for you, he is your sign of what the Father intended for you to see.
The Son is but a reflection of the Father. They are two in one. They are one in the same. John 1.9 tells us about it. It says, The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but he, they did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, to those who believed, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of a husband's will, but born of God. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. That's what Christmas is all about. We have seen His glory. The glory of the one and the only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and full of truth. Listen, if you will take time tonight, and even in this moment, even at this point in, in, in this specific service, if you will take time to reflect on the signs, you will see God's reflection. You will see his, that we are His reflection. The Son is the glory of the Father, and we, you and I, reflect the glory of the Son. What does that mean, Josh? Christmas isn't just about Jesus. It's not just the story of Jesus. Don't just come here and celebrate the story of Jesus, because the story of Jesus is the story of us. It's your story. It's my story. It's not just something to sit in a church and, and to watch happen or to listen to somebody else tell about. It is something to engage in. It's something to give your life and to give your energy towards. I told you at the beginning, signs matter, and what those signs reflect matters. You are the sign, and you reflect the glory of Christ on the earth. You are the sign to people around you. You are, you are Jesus actually said, you know, John 1 says, the light of the world was coming. Jesus turns around and says, you are the light of the world. You are the sign. What God wants to do in you is the moral of the story for Christmas. The reason Jesus came wasn't so we could say, yay, God came to earth. It was to say, you are the light of the world. It was to transform your life. That baby in a manger came for you. And if, if, if you had been the only human being on earth, he still would have come just for you. And even if you're in your darkest hour or your darkest moment of your life, he came for you. And he came for that moment. And that's why there is a thrill of hope. God isn't about a thrill of condemnation or a thrill of fear. Or he's, God's not angry. He's relational. As a human to a human, as a brother to a brother, as a father to a son, deeper than any of those relationships is the intention of God, what God wants to have with you. And the way to that relationship, you know it, I know it, it was through his son. The only way to the father is through the son. Matthew 5, you are the light of the world. Christmas is intended not just to be Jesus' story, but it's intended to be your story. And I want to pull you for a moment. I want to grab you by the shoulders out of the hustle and the bustle and what you're going to do at 3.30 today. I want to grab you by the shoulders and I want to say, would you stop and would you reflect so that you can be a reflection would you step out of your own vanity and would you step out of your own, your own thrill of your own life or the stress of your own life and would you stop to reflect on him so that you can live your God-ordained purpose, the reason God created you, which is so you could be the light, so you could, you could live this thing out. And in a moment of reflection, even right now, I wonder what God would say to you. I wonder what he would speak to you and I. 
I wonder maybe if this Christmas could be a different kind of Christmas for you. If for the first time in your life you realize he came for me. The light of the world came for me. And he gave me his light to be the thrill of hope to the world around me. Will you stand with me? If you would just close your eyes for a moment, maybe you're not used to having a, any sort of a response in a service that you've ever been to, but I, we believe and, and we build our church on the idea that it's not about some pastors, it's not about a building, but it's about you being the church. And that means you engaging with God. And I believe we've found ourselves in a holy moment right now where the Spirit of God, the Son, wants to, to speak to you. And he wants maybe... Maybe this is the five minutes that you'll get out of all Christmas to reflect on your own life. Maybe this is the five minutes out of all of Christmas that you'll reflect on his glory. And I wonder if there's anybody here that would say, you know what, Josh, I'm going to change my life and I'm going to be a reflection. Not of the world, not a reflection of my own strengths, not a reflection of my wealth, not a reflection of what people expect me to be, but I'm going to be a reflection of Jesus. When people bump into me, they're going to get the light of Christ. I wonder in a holy moment like this one where we know that God's Spirit is here and Even the presence of Jesus is in this place where two or three are gathered in his name. There he is in the midst of them. We're gathered under one banner and that is the banner of Jesus, that powerful, wonderful name. And I wonder if there's anybody here that would say, you know what, I'm gonna put my life under that banner. I'm gonna let him be my savior. I'm gonna let him redeem me from the things that I've gotten caught up in, the guilt that I've wrestled with. I'm gonna let him be my Lord. I'm gonna let him lead my life laying aside my own ambitions and fulfilling the call and the plan and purpose that he has for me. Is there anybody here today you would say, Josh, I've been reflecting the wrong things and today I want to begin to reflect Jesus. Would you lift a hand with me? If that's you as a sign of surrender, as a response to God, nobody looking around. But you're hearing you say, Josh, I'm going to make that decision to be a sign pointing to Christ with my life. I, I think you got to make a little motion with what God is doing emotionally within you. So would you just lift a hand and surrender? Come on, maybe you didn't do it the first time. There's hands up all over this room. This is your second shot right here. Say, God, I'm going to be a reflection of you. Christmas 2016 is going to be different for me. It's going to be where things changed. Father, we confess our need for you. God, we confess that We've missed the mark with our lives up to this point and we've reflected anger. We've reflected our own vanity, our own self-sufficiency. God, in this holy moment, we surrender that and we say, God, we're going to be a reflection of you. We're going to become like you. We're going to follow you. We're going to read about you so that our lives can truly become like Christ. We lay ourselves down and we, we pick up the opportunity to be your child. Lord, teach us, lead us, and guide us in what that might look like. We know that today is not just the story of Jesus, but it's the story of what he's done in each one of us and in my life. In your name, amen. Amen. Merry Christmas. God bless you from myself and Janae and Avery.
We're so glad you joined us today. Our hope is that you're challenged and encouraged by these teachings every week. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives. Send us an email at mystory@goevangel.org. For more information about our church, check us out online at goevangel.org.